Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you, I hope you are having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Saturday, December 23rd, and I'll be honest, it's been a hellish week. Uh, There's a reason I'm recording on Saturday. It has been a week full of technical challenges. I've had Wi-Fi issues. I had to have Comcast come over this morning. I even recorded a podcast yesterday, and the file corrupted on my computer. So it's been... It's, it's been rough. I've already recorded this podcast once, so I'm rehashing everything from I, I did yesterday, re-recording it. I'm really excited, though. It's, it's a great, great show I've put together today. I want to point out, we reached a huge milestone uh, as Strong Opinion Sports yesterday. We got to, we reached and surpassed 100 subscribers on YouTube. That's so, so exciting for me. I'm really, I, I, I'm so grateful for you guys. You guys listen, you guys subscribe, you guys comment on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere else. You're so nice to me. You you allow me to chase my dreams, and you're very kind, and I really, really appreciate you listening. I, I want to mention first, if you look behind me, there's no background if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, that is intentional. I, No matter how much the show grows, uh, the show will always sound better. It will look better as the show grows. But no matter how much Strong Opinion Sports grows, remember, the point of the show is what I am saying. So if I travel somewhere, who, who knows, maybe there will be a waterfall behind me someday. Listen to what I'm saying. My What I have to say about sports is the purpose and the point of Strong Opinion Sports. Not the background. Not the fact that I'm sitting in my old bedroom. It is what it is. Listen to what I have to say. That is the most important thing about Strong Opinion Sports. We have some great stories. Like I, 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 am, I am beside myself. I'm so excited. We're going to talk about the 49ers. We're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to talk a lot about the New England Patriots. LeVar Ball is starting his own basketball league. Whatever in the world that means. It is going to be a fantastic podcast. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. There's a playlist that says full episodes. Find it there. You can also find my best and most interesting clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. That is my game plan. That is how Strong Opinion Sports will continue to grow. See someone face-to-face, tell them about Strong Opinion Sports. Share the page on Facebook. Share the page on Twitter. If you listen to something, if you're watching something, share it. On, there's a link. Always, There's always a share link. Hit the share link. Share it with your friends. All right. I, I want to start with this. I, I, I always get called a fanboy of the Patriots. No matter what forum, no matter what platform, everyone always seems to think I am a fanboy for the Patriots. The truth is I'm actually a Seattle Seahawks fan for better or worse. Right now it's for worse. The Seahawks are my favorite team, but I do really admire the new England Patriots. I love the way they operate their franchise. I like the way they're coached. I like the way they make personnel decisions, but ultimately I love the idea that the Patriots represent the Patriots represent that hard work and preparation can beat talent. So, so I am a broadcaster. As a broadcaster, I'll be, let's be honest, I do not look like a Hollister model. I'm not going to walk into a job someday. And they're going to be like, they're not going to look at me and with one look say, you're hired. Because I'm just not that good looking. I'm, I'm a six, maybe a seven. I'm, I'm average. I'm good enough to be on camera. But I'm not a head turner. I'm really not that great. And I also have an average voice. You know, my buddy Jackson works for the Lars Larson program. His voice is golden and beautiful and perfect. Like, literally, no joke, you can hear the guy say the word Hershey's bar for 30 minutes and just go, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, hire him. He really has that good of a voice. I don't. 
I don't have a great voice. I have to work really hard and prepare my butt off. That is my edge. That is how I will make it in this industry. If I do make it in this industry, it will not be because of my looks or because of my voice. It will be because of my hard work and preparation. The Patriots represent that idea. The Patriots represent the idea that hard work and preparation can beat talent. What are the Patriots known for? The Patriots have always been known for having average rosters and winning with average players, average wide receivers. I mean, that's the criticism every year of the Patriots is that they don't have good enough athletes to help their star quarterback, Tom Brady. But the Patriots do the little things right. They pay extremely close attention to detail. And the Patriots have a chip on their shoulder. They look at themselves as the little guy. They know they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers had eight Pro Bowlers this year. The Patriots had two. Two or, well, I think it was technically four. They had a fullback and like some special teams player. But look, let's be honest. Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady are the only real Pro Bowlers on that football team. The point is they're not extremely talented. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Look at the poster child of the Patriots. What's he known for? He's known for being a sixth-round draft pick. Skinny, small, no one wanting him, and he overcame the challenges by working his butt off. Yeah, It's so easy to be a fan of teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Miami Hurricanes, the Golden State Warriors, people that are extremely talented. But to appreciate the Patriots, you again need to appreciate hard work and preparation. That is the key to success and the difference for the New England Patriots. You know, I, I have some talent. I'm not saying I'm awful at broadcasting. I think I'm a clever writer, for example. But I'm aware, I'm self-aware. I know that my strength is hard work and preparation. And that is why I love the New England Patriots. Again, the Patriots represent the idea that a team like the Patriots, with extreme preparation, with hard work, can beat a more talented team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and let's be honest, over the years, the Steelers and the Patriots, the Patriots have owned the series against the Steelers because the Patriots are more prepared and work harder and preparation and hard work, according to the Patriots, beats talent. That is why I love the New England Patriots. So my mom for years was a receptionist for a giant company. Uh, it was a an East Coast-based company. She worked on the West Coast. She, my mom worked on the my mom worked for the West Coast division of this company. I want to propose to you guys that the 49ers are quickly becoming the Patriots West Coast division. And I have three solid reasons why. The first reason is very obvious. It's the fact that the Patriots took Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots gave up their backup quarterback earlier this year to the 49ers. And if there's anything that's the closest thing to the second coming of Tom Brady, it is... Jimmy Garoppolo. They play very similar. They have similar mechanics. Jimmy Garoppolo literally should be the Patriots quarterback right now. And the Patriots opted to trade him to the 49ers instead. So that's the first reason why the, the 49ers are the Patriots West Coast Division. Or maybe maybe the Patriots Light. Whatever you want to call it. But the second reason is the kind of players that New England has on its roster. Trent Taylor. Kyle Juszczyk. Guys that are not overwhelmingly good physical specimens they're not great athletes but guys like Trent Taylor win because they work hard they prepare they do the little things right Trent Taylor plays extremely technical football in fact out of high school Trent Taylor had one literally just one 
scholarship offer. He had an offer to Louisiana Tech. He took it. He set all kinds of records. He dominated at Louisiana Tech. And in the NFL, where he's not, he can't jump out of the building. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He still has found a way to be a great NFL player. Very similar to guys like Wes Welker or Julian Edelman. So they have Jimmy Garoppolo. They have their own version of Wes Welker or Julian Edelman. They have a lot of guys like Kyle Juszczyk who work hard and are, again, not the most physically gifted. But they work really hard and prepare. And the third reason why the San Francisco 49ers are quickly becoming the Patriots' West Coast division is the way that they are coached. So the 49ers and the Patriots do something very similar. They do not make players fit into their system. They make their system fit around their players. So uh, a a good example for this, a good analogy is teaching styles. If you ever had a teacher that says, I'm teaching this way, No matter what, it's my way or the highway, you must fall in line. Now, honestly, I think the better way to teach is you have a teacher who says, how does this student learn best? Let me tailor my system, my program to the student. That is how the New England Patriots operate. And that is how the San Francisco 49ers operate. They look at their players and say, what do my guys do best? Let's utilize that. I mean, that's honestly why Matt Ryan is struggling this year for the Falcons or why he's not having as good of a year is because Matt Ryan is trying to fit into a system instead of having a system fit to Matt Ryan. Again, they asked that question, the Patriots, the 49ers, what do our guys do well? Like that's why Danny Woodhead was able to play for the Patriots. That's why guys like Trent Taylor and their running back, I can't remember the the 49ers running back. That is why they are successful in their systems. The Patriots and the 49ers both tailor their offense or tailor their system to the strengths of the players they have. They highlight the strengths of their athletes. And and it's really funny. I I truly believe because the, the Patriots and the 49ers have similar philosophies, but they approach it again from an East Coast perspective and a West Coast perspective. I guarantee if you move the Patriots to California, they would operate very similarly to how the 49ers operate. It'd be a little bit more open with the media. They'd be less grumpy. They're not as angry about the snow, yada, yada. The 49ers honestly are the Patriots' West Coast division. They're such similar franchises, and I'm very excited for the future of the 49ers. They're building something. There's a lot of parallels between the two franchises, and it's really cool. I think... The 49ers are building something, and they're building something the right way. I'm excited for the future of the 49ers. Let's stay with the 49ers. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's fun, calling the Patriots, calling the 49ers the Patriots West Coast Division. So I want to stay with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't just think this, I believe this, I'm convicted with this feeling. Jimmy Garoppolo is a special player. Jimmy Garoppolo is a... Oh, he's a he's a special NFL quarterback. He is fantastic. He's quickly becoming my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I love watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football. And, and let me tell you a story. A couple years ago, season five of Game of Thrones was coming out. And I, I had never, ever watched Game of Thrones, not once. But about a month before Game of Thrones season five came out, I said, I'll give it a shot. I'll check it out. I, I will watch Game of Thrones season one. I watched season one, episode one, literally, I think it was to the day, a month before season five came out. 
without any plan to watch uh, the series, I was just saying, I'll start it now, and w- whenever I'm done, season five will be out, and I can watch that. Well, guess what? <laughs> In the month leading up to season five coming out, I watched all four seasons like that, and I could, I just could not get enough. I could not keep my eyes off of Game of Thrones. I could not stop watching Game of Thrones. I feel very, very similarly to Jimmy Garoppolo. He is fascinating. He's fantastic. I love everything about Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I cannot get enough. I cannot watch enough of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and maybe it's just the incredible videos the NFL Films put out. But, I, I mean, I really, truly believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy has leadership. Uh, he's command. He's got command of the huddle. He, uh, you listen to the sound bites. You're like, this guy has command of his football team. His throwing's incredible. He's got mobility. Jimmy Garoppolo can do everything. It is so fun to watch. It's exciting. It's like, this guy is special. He really is. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I wish I, wish I had something more intelligent to say other than I love him. But I truly believe, I've seen it with my own eyes, Jimmy Garoppolo is a transformative NFL quarterback. I'm ready to say that. He is the future of the 49ers. He is going to be the quarterback of the 49ers for the next 10 years. He really is a game changer. He's going to do special, different things for the 49ers. I mean, the guy, you watch him. Jimmy Garoppolo is incredibly vocal and encouraging, which leaks out. It makes the people around you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers are really building something, and they are going to be scary down the road. I'm a Seahawks fan. I'm worried that my team is going to be completely upended by the 49ers in the coming years because Jimmy Garoppolo is something absolutely special. I want you to keep your eyes on the 49ers this weekend and next weekend. So this weekend, the 49ers play the best defense, not just in the NFL, maybe one of the best defenses of all time, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This will be a huge test of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't expect Jimmy Garoppolo to win this week or next week against the Rams. But I'm curious to see how does he stack up against a great defense and then again the great Rams defense. The Jaguars and the Rams have great defensive personnel. The 49ers have very highly average personnel on their offensive side of the ball. So I'm I'm curious to see, can Jimmy Garoppolo, with average people around him, compete with a great defense, which has great personnel? Because on paper, on paper, the Jaguars stomp the 49ers. Because the Jaguars have better corners, better linebackers, they can cover everybody. Because the 49ers don't have a physical matchup that they can win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, they have Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm so curious to see, can Jimmy Garoppolo fit the ball in tight windows and where there won't be guys wide open and he's going to have pressure in his face? How does Jimmy Garoppolo respond this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars and then again next weekend against the Rams? I want to put this on the record now. If he can win one of those two games, it will be a miracle because he is undermatched. He's going, he's basically racing a Ferrari with my Toyota Corolla. He does not have good enough tools around him to compete with the Jaguars or the Los Angeles Rams. But if he can make it a race, if Jimmy Garoppolo can make it a race against a Ferrari with a Toyota Corolla, hey, we got a great race car driver. We have Jimmy Garoppolo would be one of those like really special players. So we're going to see what kind of performance does Jimmy Garoppolo give against the Jaguars and the Rams.
I mean, I'm ready to put him into... He's already in the second tier. For me, honestly, I really believe in him. If he can do something, if he can either win a game or be competitive against the Rams or the Jaguars, hey, that would speak volumes. That would say a ton about Jimmy Garoppolo. So keep your eyes on Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers in the next two weeks. Just, just look. He may, he's probably not going to win a game. But is it competitive? Does he panic? Does he show up? Does he have a good game, a bad game? Does he melt? Does he get annihilated? Does he get shut out? We will see. The next two weeks will be very telling about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he one of those guys that needs a lot of help? Or can he compete against top, high-level defenses with little? Because then we're putting him into the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson space where he can win games with very little help around him. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a special quarterback. I think he's up to the task. Again, I don't expect him to win either of the next two games, but I do believe they will be competitive and hard-fought games because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He has some kind of magic around him. People believe in him. And that psychologically makes a huge difference. When you have people around you that you believe in, it can go a long, long ways. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. This is Strong Opinion Sports. When I return... LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball's dad, is starting his own basketball league. That's going to be it's going to be fun to talk about. Actually, I'm really excited about that. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about the idea of purpose. There is a there's one we hold one quarter one we we're treating a quarterback unfairly in the NFL. We're we're branding him a certain way and we're we're limiting him and it's not fair. I want to talk about that later. We'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks down the road. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Again, you can find my full entire podcast on YouTube. You can find my best, most interesting clips on YouTube. And that is how I make my ad revenue. So if you want to help me the most, if, you, if, if you're going to sit and not go anywhere, if you're on Wi-Fi, instead of looking up Strong Opinion Sports on SoundCloud or on iTunes, watch the entire podcast on YouTube. That would help me out the most. It'd be great. So give it a subscribe on YouTube. That would be awesome. Help your boy, Zach Schaumler, out. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I, I absolutely love you guys. You are supportive. You're awesome. You have my back. I can't believe you're letting me chase my dreams. Continue to tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share my podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, face-to-face, whatever it is. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I will be right back. All right, we are back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Coming up, again, there's one quarterback in the NFL we are treating completely unfairly. I'm going to get to that later down the road in this podcast. Recently in March, I made a video uh, about the Falcons. I said the Falcons did not choke in Super Bowl 51. And I learned, I, this is one of my first sports videos I ever made. I learned a lot about life, about filmmaking, about everything from that video. One of the first things I learned was, you know, I got a ton of death threats from this video. And I learned that my opinion on the Super Bowl was not a hill worth dying on at all. I I think I made some points that I I don't agree with anymore. Uh, I I learned a lot from that video, though. I also learned it is really hard to change people's minds. Even if you have a good plan, even if you make great points, people do not want to change. People go out of their way and do everything they can to avoid making life change. It's funny, if you look at the comments on that video, 
No one actually comments on the main points I made about the Super Bowl. People comment on my hair, saying my hair's bad or my voice is terrible. They comment on my video editing skills. No one talks about my points about the Super Bowl. No one comments on the fact I made a great argument for why the Patriots won the game. The Falcons didn't choke. But that's because people are always looking for reasons not to change. People do not want to change. So earlier this week, LeVar Ball came out and made a proposal for a new basketball league. LeVar Ball has an idea. He wants to uh, change the way high school kids enter the NBA, change the route from high school to the NBA for teenagers. Uh, This is an alternative to college. So instead of going to college basketball, uh, in theory, you'll be able to join LeVar's league. It's like a Z league, whatever league you want to call it. You can join LeVar's league, make a little bit of money. Um, instead of going to college, it's a different route. I mean, there are so many reasons why this will not work. Uh, first off, it's it's not a fully developed plan, and that's that's one of the bigger problems. But it's definitely not going to work. And everyone is attacking LeVar Ball's plan. They're saying it's a bad plan, yada, yada. You're, they're right. They're totally right. It's a bad, half-baked idea that LeVar Ball has. But there's no need to attack LeVar Ball's plan. You need to think bigger. The reason why LeVar Ball's league will not work is because no one wants to change. Nobody wants to change the way they do things in this world. So when LeVar Ball proposes a new alternative to college, you're not just attacking NBA players. You're attacking the way people go about life. Because our society, right, wrong, or indifferent, really values college. Our society thinks college is the right thing to do when you graduate high school. We don't separate athletes from regular people at all. We don't. We really don't. No matter how many times I make the argument that LeVar Ball and his family are not normal human beings, we can't separate them. And so you are attacking everyone who went to college when you make that proposal. You're attacking the way everybody for the last 50 years has gone about their life, going to college. That is the current system we have in America for athletes, for basketball players, for football players, for students, for engineering students, for theater students. No matter what you are, when you graduate high school, the current belief system, again, right, wrong, or indifferent, the belief system is you go to college. And LeVar Ball is telling people, nah, you don't need to go to college. And that right there is why LeVar Ball will fail. He's trying to upheave the whole system. He's trying to take on college basketball by himself and change the way people go about their business. That will not work. Because I I made some good points about the Super Bowl. I made a good argument for why the Patriots, in fact, won the game and the Falcons did not choke. And yet no one even listened to that. They couldn't get past my hair. So you're telling me LeVar Ball, who doesn't have a good plan? I had a good plan. I I made good points. LeVar Ball hasn't even made a good plan. So it's definitely not going to work. People look for every excuse and every reason they can not to change. So stop criticizing LeVar Ball's plan. Stop criticizing this or that. Just be aware. Think bigger. Nobody wants to change the way they live their life. And that is why LeVar Ball and his new league will absolutely fail and will not work. It's funny, we keep talking about LeVar Ball. You realize every time LeVar Ball says anything and we talk about him, we're helping him. LeVar Ball is a businessman. And he believes 
all press is good press. It doesn't matter if we're slandering him, we're saying this or that. LeVar Ball does not care. He just wants us to talk about him. I go back and forth. I really don't know how I land about this because I've made videos where I got death threats and it doesn't feel good. I don't like when people hate me, but they watch. I got 94,000 views on a video the other day and it's like, I mean, I made a lot of money off it. So like, I mean, can I really be upset? That is where LeVar Ball is. He's kind of in this mood where he's like, I say and do whatever I want because it doesn't matter. The more everyone talks about me, the better it helps big baller brands. So if you want, if you hate LeVar Ball, if you really absolutely hate LeVar Ball, just ignore him. It's the same thing we talked before. I talked about football. I can't remember what the reason was. Uh, if you don't like, it was it was NBA teams. It was a, uh, I made the argument that super teams are not ruining the NBA. And if they were, we would ignore them. If you don't like LeVar Ball, the most painful thing you can do to him, the worst way you can hurt him, don't share that link on Facebook. Don't talk about him. Don't talk about him to your friends. Stop watching my videos about LeVar Ball. If you shut LeVar Ball out and completely ignore him, you will get rid of LeVar Ball. The more we talk about him, the more we include him in our lives, the more he hangs around. And if we keep him relevant, he will stay relevant and continue to be in our lives. Personally, I love LeVar Ball. I think it's a ton of fun. I like being able to talk about him. I get to make fun analogies. I like having LeVar Ball in the sports media world. But if you hate him, if you hate LeVar Ball, just be aware you are the reason he is still around. If you want him to go away, don't talk about him. Indifference is the enemy of LeVar Ball. Don't talk about him. Don't include him. If you hate LeVar Ball, shut him out of your life completely. Man, I, uh, purpose. Purpose is really important. Uh, I, I have a friend of mine who's really struggling and thinks they're going to drop out of college because they don't know why they're in school. They are struggling with purpose. Look, I have struggled with the exact same thing. I took a year and a half off of college. My younger brother died. I realized I have no idea why I'm in college. I dropped out. I left. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a plan. And it's really hard to do things when you don't have a purpose. To go along with that, I hate rules for the sake of rules. I hate rules that don't have a purpose. Uh, one example of this is at Washington State where I go to college. Um, I have to write papers that have a, a word count. You have to write a certain number of words. So like if you need a 3,000 word paper and you write 2,800 words, you have to fill your paper with fluff for 200 more words to make it fit the word count. Doesn't matter if you write a great paper. Doesn't matter if you get to your point in 2,800 words, you need it to get to 3,000 words. It's fluff. There's no purpose. It drives me nuts. Another, you know, I, I make videos. You probably don't, but I make videos for my classes. And I made a video one time that was, uh, it was five seconds over and I got in trouble for it. And I said, look, I told a great story. I don't care. It's five seconds. If you hate it, it it's stupid. To, it's stupid to get upset about that. My friend Emma got in trouble for, she made a video that was three minutes, needed to be four minutes. And Emma's video was perfect and great and fantastic. But they made her fill it with another minute of fluff to fill time. That is really stupid. There's no purpose. And if there's not purpose, I struggle to support it. It's, it's this dumb BS we have to deal with in college. But purpose is extremely important. There are two rules in the NFL that need to change because I cannot determine their purpose and their purpose seems weird and wrong and we need to change the philosophy. 
The first rule is for actually why the reason I want to change these rules is I want more excitement. I, I believe in the idea of promoting excitement in the NFL. I watch highlights mostly. Let's be honest. Most people don't watch the entire. I do. I'm a nerd. I like watching entire games. I like watching the defenses. I like breaking down what coverage they're in. 95% of the people that watch football watch it on their phone, on YouTube, after the game is already over. People want highlights and excitement and interesting content. Little five-minute clips of football games, that's how most people watch their football. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's honest. So I want to promote excitement and promote scoring. That is what the purpose of these two rule changes are. The first one's very obvious. We need to change the catch rule. Catching a football should be very clear and obvious. Look, I caught this pen. I just caught this pen. Is there any dispute where I caught this pen? There's not. It's very clear I caught the pen, right? It should be that clear in the NFL rule book when you catch a football. We should never have to watch a catch and say, is it? I don't know. I really don't know anymore. We should know definitively whether a catch is a catch or not. So we need to fix the NFL catch rules. Again, to promote excitement and to promote scoring in the NFL. A lot of touchdowns have been called back over the last couple of years because weird weird rules involving the catch rules. Weird, weird moves, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how to say English properly. You know what I mean. The other rule that needs to change in the NFL is something that happened with Derek Carr earlier uh, last week, last Sunday. Derek Carr was running towards the end zone. He fumbles the ball out of the back of the end zone. And the other team gets the ball on their 20-yard line. So again, he's running towards the end zone. He dives for the end zone. The ball comes out of his hands, goes out the back of the end zone, and the other team then gets possession of the ball on the 20-yard line. It's a stupid rule. There's no purpose. It's dumb. It's annoying. It drives me nuts. It's way too harsh of a penalty to take away the ball if you fumble out the back of the end zone. Because any other part of the field, if you fumble the ball, it goes out of bounds. You maintain possession of the football. But if you do it in the end zone, the most important, critical part of the field, you lose possession of the ball. It's stupid and dumb. It's too harsh. It's way too harsh. You know, if your son screws up one of his chores, he sweeps and he misses part of the floor, you don't send him to military school. That's way too harsh of a punishment. That is kind of like losing the ball on a fumble at the back of the end zone. Give him a touchback. Lose 20 yards. That's totally fine with me. But don't take away possession of the ball. That is silly. My biggest fear with the change, this, this rule needs to change. It's more important actually than the catch rule. They're both very important. This rule needs to change because I don't want people running to the end zone and about to dive for the end zone and then they pull the ball back and decide not to dive because they're afraid of having the rules hurt them. We want exciting things to happen. We want people to take chances. We want highlights. We want scoring. This rule stops that from happening. This rule, again, I guarantee there's going to be some player in the playoffs running towards the end zone who doesn't stretch out for the pylon because he's afraid some rule is going to screw him over and he'll lose possession of the football. I don't like it. I want to watch exciting football where people score. So again, the two rules that need to change are we need to know definitively what a catch is. We need to change the catching rules in the NFL. We also need to change the rule that when you're running to the end zone, you fumble the ball, bow to the back of the end zone, you should not lose possession of the football. Make it a touchback. That's fine. 
but losing possession of the ball is far too harsh of a punishment. All right. I've been weirdly obsessed and fascinated with the Steelers-Patriots game from last weekend, so I want to revisit it. I want to revisit what happened on Sunday night. I know it's Saturday, the next Saturday. You're probably sick of it. Look, I didn't get to get everything out I wanted to this week. I had a lot of technical issues. I want to talk about this game. I have a couple things to say. I think they're interesting, and I have a good perspective. Of course, I think I have a good perspective. What I thought was most interesting was the reaction after the game. It was Big Ben's word versus Tomlin's word. It was a lot of he said, she said. Big Ben said the coaches told him to spike the ball. Sorry, Big Ben said the coaches told him to throw the ball. He said he wanted to spike it. I don't know who to believe. I don't trust either one of them. I really don't trust Big Ben because it's like, you're telling me the coaches told a Hall of Fame quarterback what to do in the last seconds of a game, and you're telling me you didn't do whatever you wanted? Again, Big Ben is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He makes his own decisions. You're telling me he thought he hesitated because Mike Tomlin told him to do something else? That's fishy, and that's weird. I don't believe that. I don't buy that for one second. You know what I think honestly happened? I think Big Ben panicked. And I think Big Ben needs to take accountability for the loss. He threw the interception. Mike Tomlin didn't throw the interception. And I know later in the week, Ben Roethlisberger went on local radio and said, yes, I need to take the blame for the interception. Why wasn't that your attitude immediately after the football game? Ben. Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, it was your fault. The Steelers lost. It was your fault. You threw a terrible pass. You made a terrible decision. All you have to do is throw the ball out the back of the end zone and you have a field goal at least to tie the game. Ben Roethlisberger, it is your fault. Mike Tomlin didn't throw that football. I know you took accountability, but it should have been far, far sooner. And the rift between Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger grows every single day. I don't know. I think I think things are getting ready to implode, honestly, in Pittsburgh. Ben's not happy. Someone needs to go. Big Ben or Mike Tomlin, someone needs to buds because these guys, they're, they're kind of, I mean, I don't know. They're throwing each other under the bus. It's weird. I don't like it. I think actually, I'm not a big Tomlin fan. I, sh- I like Tomlin as a person. I don't think he's a great coach, a great head coach. I think Tomlin was the better person in this situation. Mike Tomlin handled Ben Roethlisberger better. Ben Roethlisberger blamed Mike Tomlin, threw him under the bus. I don't think he was even telling the truth. Again, I just, I don't buy that. Big Ben Roethlisberger, a Hall of Fame quarterback, has to take orders from the sideline in a situation like that. Do whatever the hell you want. You're Big Ben Roethlisberger. You have two Super Bowls. You are a Hall of Fame quarterback. Take accountability for your actions. I got, I got fired up. I got, re- oh man, I got fired up. Uh, and I'm going to go back to that actually. I'm going to go back to that fired up place because all I have heard from the Steelers franchise and fans and everyone around the Steelers organization for the last week has been excuse after excuse after stinking excuse. Drives me sick. You realize even after the touchdown was called back, You still had every opportunity to win that game, and you blew it. The harsh reality is the the Steelers scored a touchdown that was called back. They still had the ball on second and goal on the 10-yard line with about 30 seconds left in the game. You had an opportunity, and you blew it. You absolutely blew it. 
Don't blame the refs for that call. You had three more opportunities and you squandered them. You could have won that game and you did not. You know, a, a buddy of mine a while ago was, he was driving to a job interview. And on the way to the job interview, he got pulled over. And, and this ruined the guy's whole day. He got flustered. He felt like it was BS. He was angry. He bombed the job interview. He did horrible at the job interview. And later when I asked him how the job interview went, he blamed getting the ticket on why he bombed the job interview. No, 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 no. Buddy, there's a bigger picture. You got to learn how to flush things and move on because you are the reason you bombed that job interview. Not the police officer, not the ticket. It was a frustrating situation. I understand. But you got to be able to shake it off, move on and go get that job. There's a bigger picture at play. And the Steelers appeared unable to get past that call the refs made. You got to shake it off. Got to move on. Stop making excuses. The harsh reality is the Pittsburgh Steelers, even after the missed call, I think honestly it was a touchdown. I, I know it's not a touchdown according to the rules, but if we're playing in the backyard of my house, that's a touchdown all day. But the harsh reality is Even after that call was called back, the Steelers had every opportunity to score a touchdown or kick a field goal and tie, if not win the game, at least tie the game. And the Steelers blew it. They blew it. Big Ben, you choked. You blew it. You didn't make it happen. Stop making excuses, Steelers fans. I know the call seemed kind of weird, seemed kind of whack, seemed wrong, but you had every opportunity to win that football game and you did not make it happen. (sighs) <sighs> Woo. Woo. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. I, uh, when I return, we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to talk about, there are two players in the NFL. So one player in the NFL has incredible stats and no one, literally no one is talking about him and it drives me nuts. And another player, we have just predetermined his route. We, we've wrongly branded him what he is in the NFL and it's wrong. It's silly. Uh, We have a lot of good stuff ahead. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We are growing like wildfire. It's awesome. It's exciting. Continue to share Strong Opinion Sports with your friends on Twitter, on Facebook, face-to-face. There's this goofy guy. He loves sports. He talks about him. His name is Zach Schaumler. He has this podcast called Strong Opinion Sports. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. When I return again, the Seahawks. One player in the NFL who has great stats, no one's talking about, and one player we have wrongly branded. I'm going to take a short break. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. We do something really, really weird with quarterbacks. It seems like we don't allow quarterbacks to get better. We put them in a box. We say, if you don't come out and light it up immediately in the NFL, you're a backup. We, we have no concept of players being able to develop. Let's look at Case Keenum. Case Keenum right now, the Vikings quarterback, is playing absolutely fantastic. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's playing really well. He looks like a franchise quarterback. Right now, he has 20 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a 68% completion percentage. He's having a great year. Case Keenum is having a fantastic year, and yet people are calling him a fraud. I read an article yesterday. It said Case Keenum, fraud. Maybe he is a fraud, but maybe he isn't. Only time will tell. It is far too early to say that Case Keenum is not good enough. 
Like, how can we know? How can you know that he's a bust? How can you know he's not actually a franchise quarterback? No one seems to have hope. Again, we do this weird thing in the NFL. If a guy doesn't come out of college and immediately dominate or isn't a starter right away, we brand him as a backup and we throw him in a box. We put him in the corner, say, you're not good enough. You can't start for my football team. And look at the reason is where Case Keenum was not. He wasn't even drafted. He was an undrafted rookie free agent. He signed with the Texans. That set your expectations. And you let your expectations you had three years ago influence the way you look at Case Keenum right now. So let's look at Teddy Bridgewater. We think Teddy Bridgewater is a starter in the NFL because he was drafted where a starter in the NFL would be drafted. But because Case Keenum went undrafted, we look at him as a backup. We don't give him a fair shot. We predetermine his route. Let me ask, can people not get better? Are you telling me the first time you got into a car and you tried to drive a car, you were perfect, you were fantastic? Honestly, you probably weren't. Maybe you bumped into something. Maybe you felt uncomfortable behind the wheel. But I guarantee you, now, if you drive now, if you've been driving for five years, you're a much better driver after five years than you were the first time you got into a car. So people can get better over time. But for some reason, we don't think quarterbacks can get better over time. Why can't a quarterback also develop? Why can't a quarterback get better the longer he's in the NFL? It's weird. It's dumb. Why do we believe that? I have no idea, but we do believe that. We are so ready to put Case Keenum in a box. We're not even giving him a fair chance. We write him off. We predetermined his route before it's already happened. We've already decided that Case Keenum will fail. We have no idea. You have no idea. All we have right now is that he has a couple years of not very good quarterback play and one year of really good quarterback play. Yeah, maybe he's a one-hit wonder. Maybe he just got better. You ever consider? I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire. But we have to at least consider the fact that maybe, just maybe, Case Keenum actually improved as a quarterback. That maybe he's not a terrible quarterback. Maybe he just got better. Because you got better when you drove a car. You got better, you developed as a, you got better at math over the course of your life. You got better at re- At one point in your life, you couldn't read. And now you can read. So if you're telling me people can't develop and can't get better, you're stupid and silly. Maybe, I'm not saying it's happened, but it is possible that Case Keenum simply developed and got better as a quarterback. Again, maybe he's a fraud. Maybe not. All I know about Case Keenum is he's definitely earned the opportunity to prove himself next season. I want to talk about the Seahawks. Oh man, I I'm so disappointed in the Seahawks. It's it's painful. I'm a fan of the Seahawks, and it is not it is not going well. <laughs> uh, I think honestly, I mean the Seahawks had a couple great years. We went to two Super Bowls. We won one of them. I think Russell Wilson was almost MVP this year, and I think it's over. I think it may be over for the Seahawks for a number of years. It, things seem to be unraveling in Seattle very. Very quickly. Last week, the Seahawks lost to the Rams 42-7 to at home. I mean, they just they didn't even show up for the game. They got obliterated. Not to mention the 49ers in San Francisco are really building something special. 
And on top of all of that, the Cardinals will probably draft Baker Mayfield and finally get a good quarterback. So, And probably the Seahawks are not going to make the playoffs this year. If they don't beat the Cowboys and have a lot of things go right, the Seahawks will not make the playoffs. And the roster's aging. I don't mean to be a negative Nancy. I'm just laying out facts. The roster for the Seahawks is getting older. You know, Michael Bennett's 32. Jimmy Graham is 31. Both Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas are 29, and they're both injured. Cliff Averill's 31. Cliff Averill's also injured. Worst of all, we have a mediocre offensive line at best. Really a bad offensive line, but at least mediocre offensive line, depending on how you want to judge it. We have average wide receivers. Again, we're getting old. Our stars are aging on defense. Like our whole defense is getting a year older. I mean, obviously, but our defense looks older by the minute. I think it may be time to reload. If I'm Seattle, I think it might be time to hit the reset button. I really do. Gotten in trouble a couple times for practices and Adderall and now a concussion uh, protocol was missed. I don't know. I think things are coming apart at the seams in Seattle. It's very possible. I'm not ready to hit the panic button. I don't mean to be that guy. But I said at the beginning of last year that we need to, as the Seahawks fans, we need to start thinking about trading away our defensive players. Now it's clear to me. We need to trade away our defensive players. Get what you can while you still can get something for them. Go get weapons for Russell Wilson. Trade away Richard Sherman. Trade away Earl Thomas. I know they have productivity left, but in return, go get someone who can give you even more productivity later down the road. Use Richard Sherman to make an investment in a new player. Get what you can while you can still get something for him. And I think it's interesting, you know, the Seahawks approach this season, I I don't know. First of all, I want to point out that, let's be very clear, injuries have hurt the Seahawks this year. Injuries are the reason the Seahawks have tailed off at the end of the year. So early in the year, the storyline was that they had a bad offensive line. And later down the road in the year, it was that they, everyone just got hurt and the Seahawks really struggled because everyone got hurt. But don't forget, another wrinkle for the Seahawks is the way that they talk about politics. I don't talk about politics on Facebook. I, I avoid politics at all costs because it's not good for me it's not good for business i don't you you probably look at facebook as something for fun like pleasure because i'm trying to build a brand i'm trying to build strong opinion sports facebook for me is a workplace i take facebook very seriously it's a place i go to share my brand and try to build something i don't talk about politics at work i don't talk about politics at work and for me facebook's work i don't think politics and work really blend well together you just create enemies you divide people. It's not a good look. I, I just think politics and work are something you should avoid mixing. Look, I respect, more than anything, I really respect the way the Seahawks have handled politics. Because I think it's important. You know, Russell, sorry, Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett, these guys feel the need to use their platform. And I, I understand. I really get it. I totally, I get why they're sharing their beliefs surrounding politics. Uh, but uh, the Patriots would never do that. The Patriots would never talk about politics the way that Seattle does it. And Pete Carroll came out last week. Pete Carroll said that the Seahawks team, the Seahawks locker room is clicky. That's that's where I don't want to hear that. That's worrisome. 
And again, I know, I know the Patriots don't talk about politics. The Seahawks' openness about politics this year certainly hasn't helped. I'm not saying it hurt them, but I know it didn't help them win games. It didn't motivate them. It wasn't spent time spent on football. Bill Belichick would say, no, we're not doing that. Get that out of here. That's not helping us win, so shut up and be quiet. Keep it to yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if it doesn't help you win games, you're wasting your time, right? I, I only have so much time in a day. And I want to, I have all these, I talk often about how I want to have my own company someday. So anytime I'm doing something that's not working towards my company, I'm kind of a hypocrite and I'm kind of wasting my time. And if you're not doing things related to football and you play for the Seahawks, you're not, you're not working towards your goal of winning games and winning a Super Bowl. If it doesn't get you closer to winning games, why are you doing it? And politics are definitely not helping the Seahawks get closer to winning games. I respect it. Uh, I don't know. Is it a good thing to talk about politics? That's up to you. I don't think so, but that's up to you to judge. Judge that for yourself. Uh, And maybe for Richard Sherman and Michael Bennett, it's not just about football, which makes sense. I mean, they really, they have put themselves out on a limb and they're, they're standing, they're stepping up for what they believe in. And I respect that. It's about more than football for them. But I'll be honest, if you want to win football games, you probably don't talk about politics because if you want to be your most effective self at work, you don't talk about politics because all it does is gives a reason for people to be divided and disagree about something. It's not helpful. It promotes clickiness, and that is the problem the Seahawks are having. So politics, eh, I would avoid it. I have, I, I avoided it at work. I would have avoided it if I were the Seahawks this year. I mean, it definitely didn't help the Seahawks. That That's without a doubt. We can all agree on that. All right, I want to talk about the last story of the day. There's one player in the NFL that... <laughs> you're going to laugh. You're going you're to laugh at this. You're going to think I'm funny. Uh, there's, there's one player in the NFL who has incredible stats, who really is just like on fire this year, and, and nobody's talking about him. That is Robbie Gold, the San Francisco 49ers kicker. <laughs> <laughs> he he is on fire. Like he really is on fire. Here here's what he's done in the last three weeks. In the last three weeks, Robbie Gold was five for five against Chicago. He has four for four with field goals against Houston. And last week against Tennessee, he hit six of six field goals, including the game winner. And this season, Robbie Gold is thirty six for thirty eight from field goal range. In the last three weeks alone, the guy has forty five points racked up for the 49ers and he's kicking clutch kicks he's winning games with his leg he kicked literally every point the 49ers scored against the Chicago Bears it's ridiculous that's incredible Robbie Gold may be the best kicker in the entire NFL right now so I wanted to talk about him I wanted to give him a round of applause I just wanted to put him on a pedestal and say look Robbie Gold is doing something absolutely fantastic this year and he deserves to have credit he deserves to be talked about we, we cannot forget the kicker. Jimmy Garoppolo is 3-0. But a large reason for that has been Robbie Gold helping the 49ers get points on the board. And, and, and let me tell you, the 49ers really need Robbie Gold this week when the 49ers play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I contend the most interesting... So there's two really interesting games this weekend. The Seahawks play the Cowboys... And the 49ers play the Jaguars. I think the 49ers and Jaguars, for me personally, I'm a weird nerd. I cannot wait to see how that game ends up. How does that matchup land? 
Will the 49ers be able to handle Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, sorry, will the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo be able to handle the Jaguars' defense? I don't know. I'm so curious to see how does that matchup work out? How does Jimmy Garoppolo respond to the incredibly tough defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's a great storyline. I can't wait to watch it. I, I just, man, I, I really think the 49ers are building something special. I cannot wait to see what they do in the future. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. God, thank you so much. Like, thank you so very much for listening. I'm chasing my dreams. We're building something. To, like You're a part of this. You really are. I mean, I, we got to 100, 103 subscribers now as of a couple minutes ago on YouTube. We are building something. It's special. It's fun. It's really cool. You're just as much a part of it as I am because this doesn't exist without you guys listening and sharing and telling people about it. So thank you so very much for allowing me to chase my dreams. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. It's going to Google Play later down the road. I, I guess I need to put it on Spotify as well. I'm figuring it out. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big tech guy. I'm really not. So I'm learning what I need to do best. But Strong Opinion Sports should be on every platform. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud right now. It's also on YouTube. Coming to Spotify, Google Play very soon. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share it. Tell them. Help it out. That's how we grow the show. Tell your friends about this show on Facebook, on Twitter, face-to-face, everywhere. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schellmer. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. I really do. I'm not recording a show till next Friday. I'm going to Seattle to visit my, my sister up north. I live basically in Portland. I'm driving a couple hours up north for about four days to spend. Uh, I'm not recording anything on Monday, and then I'm not recording anything on Wednesday because I'll be up in Seattle. So Strong Opinion Sports will return next Friday. It's probably going to be a huge jam-packed show because a lot of stuff is going to happen between now and next Friday. So I wanted to make sure I got everything I possibly could in this week. And I, I hope that you, I mean, there won't be a lot of content next week. I hope you just enjoy time with your family. Enjoy Christmas. Watch a lot of football. Eat a lot of good food. And if you're not into Christmas, I just hope you have a good time. I really hope you just have a good, hope you have a day off work on Monday and just have a good weekend. So my name is Zach Schellmer. Thank you so very much for listening to Strong Opinion Sports. Have a great day, everybody. Love you so much.